Hello, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. I am your host, uh, Mike Mills, um, local mortgage banker here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um, today we are visiting with a uh, good friend of the show who's been here the most appearances of anybody. I don't know if we're up to six or seven at this point. Record appearances. Record appearances. But uh, we're going to chat a little bit today about the housing market, kind of interest rates, housing affordability, all kinds of stuff. We're just, uh, we're kind of spitballing today because there's a lot of topics I want to discuss and and having Conrad here is going to make it easier for us to chat. So let's welcome Conrad to the show. Hello, Conrad. Damn, it's loud. Thank you. Thank you Ooh. for that huge applause. That was loud. That was loud. I got um, watch my volumes over here. I know, man. That was loud. Before we get into anything important, let's talk about something that's more important. The Mavs and this trade. Did you see it? <laughs> yes. I just saw it come across a minute ago. Yes. So Grant Williams, Seth Curry, yes. first round pick for PJ Washington. Okay. How you feel uh, about with that? the Hornets? A resident basketball expert. <sighs> man, you know what? I think I like it. Okay. okay. I, I think I like it. You know, PJ Washington is is a is another threat. It's another, it's another bucket that we can get. Grant gave us some good minutes, but PJ can do more than what Grant can do. Okay. Um, the pick is the pick. I mean, you you can get picks, you give you never picks. Know. You yeah, never know. it's just it is what it is. Yeah. But man, I, I really think I like that trade. Okay. Well, I mean, time will tell on all that stuff. And uh I don't pay enough attention until the Mavs get to the playoffs typically to see what's going on. Although it's looking like with their record lately that that's diminishing every day. Well, we need another we need another score. We yeah. need another threat. Uh Kyrie's been hurt. Yeah. You know, so him getting him back recently has helped a little bit. Luke has been playing out of his mind just because that's yeah, what he, but does. he can't but do it by himself. He can't carry the team the whole season in the playoffs so we need somebody to take the load off when he needs a rest and it sounds like they, they're making an attempt to do that which right. i appreciate as hey. a mavs fan they're trying got it all you can do is try right you can't just sit on your thumbs see how yeah. it works out i mean yeah. anything's better than watching the cowboys play so i'll leave man so disappointed cowboy come on jerry that was horrible you figure it out man i need you to figure out look at what cuban's doing with these <laughs> trades man he's trying to make moves move some pieces around all these guys floating around all season. We don't pick up anybody. Oh, uh, Cuban. Cuban's not really, uh, you know. Oh, yes, right. Sold team. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, he's still running the show. But Hotel coming soon. Casino yeah. coming soon. What do you mean? There's no, they haven't passed any laws yet about <laughs> oh, casinos. Yeah, yeah, what are you yeah, talking about? Are you sure? Because, uh, I mean, sure. I mean, it seems odd that Jerry Jones has partnered up with Windstar and <laughs> and uh, um, uh, uh, Cuban just sold the teams to a uh, to a casino magnate and, um and then did you see that they're building a so they're on Lake Texoma. Yeah. They're building like a billion dollar Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville oh. resort on the Texas side of Lake Texoma. Nice, nice. It's on the cool. Oklahoma side of Take Lake of Lake Texoma, they are building a hard rock um casino restaurant hotel. Okay. You no, know, I had an opportunity. And this sucks because I'm now I'm kicking myself. There was like 3.8 acres just like one the the last exit before you get to lake texoma uh -huh. the guy had built a cabin right actually I had some friends who stayed in that cabin uh shortly afterwards but the 3.8 acres had like i want to say he had it projected out where you could build like seven little cabins on that property and it was literally the last turn before you got to the lake so you could actually walk to the lake if okay. you didn't mind walking 10 15 minutes or yeah. whatnot down the road and it was a great deal and i was thinking man i should i should do this but i didn't know anything about lake texoma yeah. or that area or anything yeah. so i didn't do it and now i'm like hindsight's always 2020 man, man. hindsight's 2020 well and so the they are they already said Short they're putting side. a casino in the hard rock yeah they've already yeah. said that yeah with and the article said no plans yet for putting it on the jimmy buffett or margaritaville side so if you don't think they're bringing casinos to texas it's coming it's coming. It's coming. Man. It's just a matter of when. I actually had that conversation with one of my clients here in the last month, uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about it. He's got a house that's over in Irving um, and good friend of mine, man. And we we talked about it. We talked about um, he's got he's renting his house out. It's dang near brand new house, but he's renting it out. And he was like, man, do I put it up for sale or for lease? We looked at the for sale comps and they were monumental. I mean, monumental from where he bought it three years ago oh yeah i mean it's just appreciation he's right there in the midst of the highways every great great location and uh i said man that's a lot of money he said what do you think i said well i feel like if we were to get a casino for this new mavs deal it's gonna go across the street from you yeah 
So we decided to lease it. Yes, yes. Keep it. <laughs> keep it. It's going up. It's going up. And and you know what? That all bleeds into a good what we want to talk about today is like market knowledge, right? Yeah. Like as realtors today, being buying and selling, people are hesitant because rates are high. Yeah. People are hesitant because there's not a ton of homes available that they can find and they don't know what to do. So they're going to agents and they're asking, you know, should I buy right now? Should I sell right now? What should, what should I do? And and knowing things like this and being conscious of what's happening in particular areas and where builders are going into and, and if they're building a casino across the street from your rental property, if that's going to make sense to hold on to it. These are things that you need to know as an agent and being an expert in an area in order to properly For sure. guide your buyers and sellers. For sure. Right. For sure. And so I want to talk about something that we chatted about before we started the show, which is, you know, we're moving into 2024, mm -hmm. right? 2023 sucked. I mean, yeah. just, it just sucked. It sucked for everybody. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there's a few people out there like, I had the best year in my career. Okay, great. Right. It's fine. Congratulations. All right. Congratulations to you, but <laughs> you're not a, you're not the norm. Okay. So you exist. I'm sure you're there. Congratulations. Way to go. But most people, most agents, most lenders, most title companies, everybody was sucking wind in 2023. Yeah. Right. So, but why do you think it is that when you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you go on all the social media platforms, it looks like everybody's living their best life and doing great. And then realtors, lenders, everybody compares themselves and says that that person's doing amazing and I'm not, I know I'm not. So I might as well just quit because obviously I'm not good at this business. Yeah. Yeah. I've said it before, even on this show, man, perception is reality for most yeah. people. So they're trying to make you perceive that they're trying to give the image that, hey, I'm OK. I'm still killing it yeah. because if I'm still killing it, you're going to want to use me before you use the next person. And realistically, you know, people have already decided whether or not they want to use you, whether you're killing it or not. Yeah. You know, people have the relationship or they form their opinion about you already. Um, and so I try to tell folks, man, just be yourself, you know, like, it, like you said, 2023 was a hard year. Yeah. Our whole, my whole team was down yeah. last year yeah. from, from the previous year. Yeah. And you're talking about anywhere from 40 to 50%. Yes. Down. Yes. You know, and most of it came in the last quarter of the year. So, I mean, it just, it is what it is, man, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a tough business. And like we talked about, man, the, our Realtors, lenders, we're, you know, we're in the same areas, we're selling the same streets, we're selling the same neighborhoods, we're, you know, competing against each other and with the same people, you know, so, I mean, if you're just killing it, what's your secret versus the other 99% yes. that are out here doing yes. the same things that you're doing, or similar things, you know, yeah. not to say that nobody, you know, can't kill it in a, in a market like we're trying to come out of, but man, you just, you don't have to give that perception that. I'm untouchable. Yeah. Right? Well, or even just the fact that if you're an agent and you're seeing people online and you're thinking and you're comparing what you're doing to what yeah. they're doing, it's not the way to do it no, because man. a, you don't know that what they're telling you is true. Yeah. Number one, or, or just giving, I mean, I've seen agents before post contracts that they've closed or houses they've done multiple times, like yeah. the same property with a different picture, sure. different, whatever. And, and I, look, I ain't, I'm not hating on you. Like yeah. do, do what you got to do. Like yeah. make, make it, make your world reality. Like I'm fine with it. But if you're look, if you're looking at that and you're seeing that and you're going, man, I'm just not, yeah, I'm not making it. I, I did that a lot when I, especially when I first started in real estate and there was particular agents in our area that were just selling so many homes. And yeah. every time they sold the number went up, the yeah. number went up, number went up. And it's just, you're talking about like, you know, 150 plus yeah. 200. And it's just like, how are they doing it? Why am I not able to do that? And then you dig a little deeper and you start to, you know, get the backstory is that particular person I was comparing to, um, they basically are charging nothing yes. for their sales. Yes, They're paying high referral fees yep. or they're just not charging hardly anything, yep. just a small transaction fee in order for you to use them as, a, as their agent. And so it was, basically just volume with no substance attached. And I'm just like, how do they make a living? You don't know that, no. you know, without the, having that backstory nope. or that information, but it's just like, yeah, that's why you shouldn't compare. Yeah. You should just work. No, yeah. Just work. <laughs> just do you, you know, do the best version yeah. of you, you can do every day and get up and work and go do, I mean, we've, yeah. we were talking about, you know, the reason my voice sounds like crap right now is because like, I don't, I don't know, my whole family's been sick. I avoided it for the most part, but woke up with a hoarse voice today. But everybody's getting sick around you. Everybody's, you know, it's, it seems like 
these days, like the last two weeks, like everybody I talk to is sick and sick for a long time. But even like we were saying beforehand, like I still got to get up. I got to get up. I got to do work tomorrow. Whatever, however I feel like you got to keep grinding. It's just what it is. Yeah. That's the secret to success. I feel like if you, if you can just get through it, just weather the storm, you know, we're having a, you know, the, the last quarter of last of 2023 was tough, man. Yes. For sales for inventory, for everything on the build side, on the investment side, just everything was tough. Yes. Right. And I just kept telling folks in my circle, I'm just like, look, just weather the storm. Yeah. If you can weather the storm. Just keep showing up. If you keep showing up. I guarantee you, you make it through this. And if you make it through it, you'll look back and say, man, if I can survive that, I can survive anything. Yeah. Because that was tough. Yeah. Even for us, man, like it was just no homes moving. Yeah. I had all these listings and they're just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. No, it's, it's the market. <laughs> well, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of Darwinism at its finest in yeah. that. You know, when, if you take a, you know, a single celled organism in a, in a pool of water and there's, they're all thriving because the environment's great and they're, yeah. they're doing awesome and everybody's, they're multiplying and they're having other organisms, whatever. And then something changes in that environment that those organisms have zero control over, right? They have no control over, but something changes, whether the temperature changes two degrees or a new, you know, um, bacteria gets added to it or whatever, a good portion of those organisms are going to die off. Because yeah. they can't adapt to the change in the environment. And then another portion of them are going to survive and they're going to thrive because there's something else about them. There's something in their genes, whatever, that allows them to survive that change in environment. And the truth is, is that we went through three years of, you know, really 2020, 2021, and most of 2022. Yeah. We went through three years of just insane growth. Yeah. Right. Everybody in their dog was getting into our business. For sure. You know, um, I actually, uh, we had an event at uh, the Arlington Board of Realtors yesterday and had a speaker come in and I, he had a great analogy and I really liked it. Uh, he was talking about comparing it to double Dutch. Okay? Yeah. okay. And he was saying that when you do double Dutch, okay, you got two ropes going. Well, when it's going fast and if you're good at getting in and out when it's fast, you're like, you look like a pro. Like yeah. is that those ropes are swinging, you're moving, yeah. you're bouncing, you're in and out. But then the moment the ropes start to slow down because you're just used to going fast and now you don't know how to adapt your movements because things are going slower, yeah. you know, and then you're not as good at what you did before because you only knew how to operate when it was going at full speed. Yeah. And so having to figure out how to change your business model, what you do on your day-to-day -day activities, whenever things are down and not only that, but getting your head in a place to where you're not waking up every day. Poor me. I got to, I'm this life's not working out for me. Yeah. The world hates me, all that kind of stuff. Like you got to get past that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big indicating factor of how you're going to be able to perform also is if you turn on the TV and everything's it's terrible. It's slow. It's terrible. It's slow. And then you get out and you're like, man, do I even want to do this? Yeah. And then when I do want to do it, oh man, but it's slow. So yeah. I made one call a day. That's good enough, right? Yeah. You know, as opposed to 10 calls. Yes. I made one or 30 or whatever. You know, yes. I did two. So it's just, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to get out of your own head, stay focused, stay positive. Yeah. But, you know, be realistic. You yes. know, you don't have to go on Instagram saying, hey, you know, I sold more homes than anybody else when you really didn't. You're right. <laughs> yes. Well, you even said, I mean, and I hope you don't mind me saying, but, yeah. you know, you've been doing this a long time, yeah. right? 20 plus years at this point? No, I'm at eight, 18. Okay, Whoa, we'll round oh, up. shoot. No, this is your 19. Yeah, we'll round up. <laughs> yeah, we'll you're round 20. up. You're 20. at 20. <laughs> All right. So we've been through the, the crazy times before 08 and what happened there. Yeah. You've been through uh, what happened in 08 yeah. and all the lead up to that in the, yeah. in the fall. And I think you told me there hasn't been a month in your career, right, that you had not closed at least in the, one? In the last decade. Yes. That I didn't close one house yes and in this past august no closings yeah. yeah i was just like man what is going on right and don't don't <laughs> look <coughs> don't get me wrong you're gonna second guess yourself yeah right yeah i'm you're sitting like, in there like man what am i, I doing am I, am I good at this anymore like am i not motivated like i swear i made the calls i swear I, you know i had the listings it just it just didn't work out yeah. you know so it's just one of those where you gotta kind of pull yourself together and be like okay yeah. Just get out of your own head. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the time when, I mean, it's almost kind of a gift in that you're given time now, yeah. right? Yeah. Now you have time, right? <laughs> so if you have time, then what are you going to do to take advantage of that time? Exactly. Right? Are you going to ramp up your marketing efforts? Are you going right. to network with more people, make more phone calls? Right. Like, what are you going to do in that dead time? Or are you just going to sulk 
and feel sorry for yourself. Or, and this is what a lot of people do, is they find other things to busy themselves with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm not closing loans or I'm not <clears throat> closing uh, buyers or sellers. So I'm going to uh, remodel my back porch or yeah. I'm going to, uh, you know, go. Usually everything involves spending money. Too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I need to go buy <laughs> this new thing that's going to help me at my house or what. But you just kind of find busy work to do. Yeah. And then you get so wrapped in doing all of the busy work that you 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 look up and four months later, you've, you've literally done nothing to build your business. Yeah. And that's the one thing that like when, when I went through that in August where it's like, all right, I didn't close one home. And I, you know, you know, halfway through the month. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're hoping like, like August. The, you're like, the man, fifth, give me something like, cash that can close quickly, <laughs> but you know, I'll throw an investment in here. I'll put that up for, I was doing that too. I was putting my investment properties up for sale. Just get, let me get a close. to <laughs> see if I could get something going, you yes, know? And yes. it's like, they weren't moving either. No. So it's just like, oh man, are my properties any good? Yes. You know, I put them up for like you start to question yourself. But that was, you know, halfway through the month. If you've gotten to that far and you know it's it's not gonna happen, I started to get scared and like, all right, well, I cannot have this two months in a row because pride starts to take over. Oh, yeah. I've been doing this way too long for me yes. to have two months yes. of nothing, you yes. know. So and then you start to kick it into high gear. Okay, well, if I need to make 10 calls a day, now I gotta double it up. I gotta make 20, I gotta make 25, I gotta make 30, I gotta do whatever it takes yes. to get these things on the books to make sure that we're, you know, uh, being productive with our day and our week. So that way we don't see the same results every month and it just spiral out of control. Well, and on that too, I want to be clear. Anybody listening to this, Conrad saying, I didn't have a closing, you know, in the last 10 years and one month, and this is the first time. And so some people are going, even during my best years, I went, I'd go two months without a closing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You have to understand everything is about who you are. This is, goes back to don't compare yourself to other people, yeah. right? If the success for you is, closing six loans or closing six buyers or sellers throughout a 12 month period and making 50, 60, 80,000, whatever it is that you make. And you're happy with that. And that's what that gives you time with your family and gives you time to what, then that's great. There, there is no, you don't need to sell one every single month. You don't sure. need to. It's, it's, that goes back to you focusing on you and what makes you happy and what makes you successful and not comparing your success to somebody else yeah. because their definition of success versus your definition of success can be completely different. And that's perfectly fine For sure. because Conrad's got 12 kids and a wife and, and <laughs> you know, 25 rental properties and apartment coaching couple, kids, coaching, yeah. like you just, you need, a, I need to be selling houses every <laughs> single day. Yes. Put it like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't have a choice. I had a, uh, one of my, uh, boss from my back in the day who I loved that still but he told me a long time ago he's like you want motivation to go sell he's like go buy a car and I'm like what do you mean <laughs> he's like because now you got to pay that bill so you want you want some now I'm not recommending that don't go yeah. out and buy a car but but I'm saying whatever your motivation is to get you out of bed every morning that Dang. you need to get going you got to find it you got to find it man there's plenty yeah. of opportunities to have motivation to get out of bed and yes. go to work yes you just got to open your eyes man yeah you got to get out there but but Keep yeah man, that's too stressed that is that is the key man we're just yeah. we're just trying to like i said make sure that we're we're doing the right things um staying motivated staying away from all the negativity that's that's the hard part yes. these days well and it's you have to be aware of what's happening right because yeah. because we may get to some of there's there's a few things i'm maybe telling you today that might not sound i'm being a little negative i'm not being negative i'm just saying here's what's going on yeah and you have to be aware of it so you can prepare what you have to keep the negative out is the negative in your world is right. to like i'm aware of situations right I'm aware that my car is has a flat tire, right? But it doesn't mean that it's going to ruin my day. Like I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get it taken care of. But having a flat tire out of nowhere is a negative thing. But if you just ignore it, you can't just drive around with your car and not have, you know, it doesn't work. <laughs> so you have to be conscious of what's happening around you, but you can't let it put put a negative spin on everything else that you do. All sure. The time. Sure. And just dwell in that negative environment for the yes. rest of the day because of that one thing that are two things that happened to you yes. earlier later on in the day. So, cause it will make you miserable. So, <laughs> so I'm curious. So the biggest thing, um, you know, we talk about it all the time is rates, 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 rates. Everybody's about rates. Right. So I'm going to go into where rates are, where they're going, all that kind of stuff. But I want from your point of view, cause you're talking to buyers and sellers every day. 
what are you hearing as a realtor when you're talking to your clients on a regular basis? What are their, are they asking about rates? Do they really care that much about it? Is it like, what's from their perspective, what's going on? My sellers. So I had uh, some sellers who, you know, decided to list last year and then they decided to take it off and wait and see how the rates did and then come back this year, which we've put them back on the market. Because they were going to buy later or because they just didn't know how they would be, how well they'd be able to sell. They, they didn't know how well they'd be able to okay. sell. Gotcha. Right. Um, and so the first thing that those sellers asked me is, what are the rates looking like and how's that affecting people coming to look at these, these properties? Yeah. You know, how will that affect my home? Right. And so I just tell them, Hey, this is where the rates are. You know, this is where I feel like it's going to go based off all the economic forecasting that people are saying, but ultimately, um, you know, it's your decision. You know, people will still have to buy and <laughs> sell homes. And if you have a need, you need to, you know, put that home out there the right way at the right time. Um, and that's what they did. That's what they end, ultimately end up doing, but they're yeah. very conscious of it. Um, the buyers, typically the buyers are coming in saying, Hey, um, we have an idea of where the rates are. We're going to try to get the seller to contribute some closing costs. So that way we can get it down further. Mm -hmm. The builders are typically leading their advertisements with rates. rate buy downs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at the top of everybody's mind right now mm -hmm. when they're trying to make a decision. And what was keeping people on the sidelines was the uncertainty of, is it going to go up again? Is it going to go up again? Is it going? Now that it's kind of hovered and, and trickled down a little bit, now people are less, um, they're making less decisions based off of, is it going to go up again? Right. They're just saying, hey, am I comfortable at this price point? Right. Um, and so that's that's what I'm seeing on the buy side and the sell side. On the investor side, rates don't matter, matter but they don't matter like it's your primary residence yeah. you know we're typically calculating our numbers and the rate is just part of those numbers and if those numbers work we go ahead and because well, rents are going up too yeah yeah. I mean. yeah rents are going up but also you know people are very conscious about what they're paying on the on the rental side as yeah. well yeah um it's just i think the i think the lack of inventory has forced rents to stair step their way in an upward tick um because people are wanting uh, to rent longer. They're wanting to rent um, in places that they necessarily didn't want to rent before because yeah. it's affordable um, as opposed to taking a higher rate and then turn around and buying something at a lower price than they typically were approved for. Yeah. So it's rates are still affecting everything. It's just a little bit different yeah. than it was, you know, this time last year. Well, so a couple of things. So on the builder side of things, and this is, you know, the, the biggest the most sales that occurred last year were on the builder side. They they took up almost 50% of the market and, and it wasn't necessarily because of the buy downs of rates, but it was because they um, were the only inventory. They had, they had product. They had product, right? Because people were not moving out of their homes because they're sitting there with a two or 3% interest rate. And they're like, I'm not going anywhere unless I have to. Right yeah. now. The downside is, is they're also sitting on, you know, uh, something crazy. Like, and I have it right here. I'm looking. It's so, Right now, I saw this the other day. So 38.7% of people own their home free and clear right now. Yeah. So almost 40% of homeowners free and clear. Okay. Thank it's crazy, you. right? It's crazy. Man. Now that's also because, and I don't have this stat in front of me exactly, but it's something like 50 to 60% of homeowners are boomers. Like yeah. They, they have the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so 40% own it free and clear. Uh, almost 30% have mortgages with 50% or more equity. Yeah. So they're sitting on a ton of equity, yeah. right? And then there's only about 30, 33, 30 to 33% of folks that have more, have less than 50% equity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a small, and those, most of those people bought within the last <laughs> three years. Well, right? I mean, even for us, man, we bought our house. It'll be five years in April and we're sitting on about 50% equity. I haven't done anything to it. No, it's just <laughs> that, you know. 2020, 2021, 2022 just supercharged the appreciation. Yeah. And now that hasn't gone away. Yeah. Well, and, and here's something, you know, I'm going to kind of go all over the place with this because my brain does this sometimes, but, and we'll get back on rates in just a second, <laughs> but you have to understand when you talk to your clients about housing. Okay. Yeah. We talk about, and I hate this. Uh, what, what was that thing? Everybody was saying, um, buy the house, marry the house, date the rate. I hated <laughs> that. All right. Not a fan of that statement. Okay. But not because it's not, doesn't have some element of truth to it. It yeah. just, it simplifies things too much. Okay. Sure. You cannot predict where rates are going to go in the next three to five years. You just can't. Right. And to sell somebody on the idea that you didn't do one of those videos. No, 
I saw about 17 of them. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, you. I certainly said, I would certainly say, you know, and this is why I still say buying is important, but, but it, it's not about hating the rate. It is about the fact that our entire, first off, our entire economy, okay, our entire, the U.S. economy since we came off the gold standard is built on debt, yeah. okay? Our money gets created by debt. Regardless of what anybody thinks, that's how it works, all right? And it almost, I want to say, I, I saw this the other day. I'm, I'm, I always forget the numbers exactly, but let's say it's 70 to 80% of the debt that is created is created on housing. Yeah. All right. So for anybody that doesn't understand how this works, a bank that holds, let's say, a million dollars in cash in the bank, all right, they can lend out $10 million worth of money to other individuals based on those million dollars, based on the million dollars that they hold in reserves in their bank, something like that. Okay. So what that means is that that $9 million, they just created it out of thin air. All right. It didn't come from anywhere. Yeah. It literally just created out of thin air. Yeah. All right. So most of that money gets lent on assets. Okay. Uh, real estate, residential, commercial, yep. even, um, you know, stocks and commodities and things. That's where that money gets lent. People think that, oh, well, you know, small business, no, small business makes up like 10% or less yeah. of the money that's created in our system, which is, really shouldn't be that way. It should be going towards generating yeah. you know, jobs that would actually benefit the economy. Absolutely. Right. But that's not how it works. It works as to the money that's being lent is primarily on real estate. So if our entire cash-based economy is built, built off of lending money on real estate and continued growth, then where is the best place to have your money? Yeah, in real estate. In real estate. Come on now, people. All the time, okay? <laughs> there is no, I like, there's nobody that can argue that being, now, if you want to take a small window of time, if you want to go back to 2009 and show, like, the growth of the market, there's, I saw something the other day, too, where it was showing, like, um, um, uh, house appreciation. There was one year that it was down, and it was, like, 2009. It was down, like, 8% across yeah. the board. Everywhere else has been up. Yeah. Okay. If you owned a home and bought it 10 years ago, your equity on that property is through the roof. Okay. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine, I mean, I'm not a soothsayer. I don't have a crystal ball, but I can't imagine a world where that's not going to continue into, into the future. Sure. Right. Sure. I mean, look at the same thing when, you know, when I was in college, I used to work as a, a stockbroker for uh, a company and I was teaching people how to make trades. And I remember we came in one day and the Dow had dropped a thousand points. You remember that it was like 20, yeah. Yeah, was that like 2010 or yeah. 2009? Or yeah, it was right during the, yeah. the Great Recession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dow dropped a thousand points, right? And it's just like, okay, you look at that snippet of time, that month, and it's like, man, the stock market was Sucks. horrible. Yeah. And then you look back 10 years, starting at that year, and you're like, eh, it's pretty good. You know, it keeps going up. <laughs> It just continues to keep. Well, and things up. change and shift. And that's 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 another thing that I had written down in here too. Let's take the stock market. Okay. Right now, according to all economic indicators, the economy is booming. Yeah. All right. Booming. Yeah. All right. However, I would imagine that if you ask the average Joe on the street right now how, how the economy's doing, especially if they just left the grocery especially store. Especially if he just left the grocery <laughs> store, he's not saying it's going too great. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but he, why is the stock market booming? Well, the stock market as a whole isn't, okay? Right now, we have seven stocks, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, um, Facebook, um, Amazon, and Apple. Apple. There's one other, maybe Tesla, I think is in that mix too, um, that makes up the vast majority of the growth that we've seen. I mean, it's something like 70% of the growth that we've seen in the stock market over the last 12 months, okay? Seven, yeah. all right? And of those seven, one of them, is really the big dog, which is NVIDIA. Yeah. NVIDIA is a company that um, produces uh, chips, yep. okay? And with AI dominating everything like it has been, which it's going to get better or worse, depending yep. on how you look at it, okay? Their stock price is through the roof. And, and they're not even making any money, by the way. Okay, when you look at their earnings versus their share price, yeah. it's insane yeah. how much it's off. But everybody knows that that's where the market's going. All the other stocks... Every other stock outside of those seven is down. Yeah. All right. So if we're in any other period of time and you're measuring how the market's doing and those seven companies don't exist, yeah, everybody's suffering. And then people go, well, why is that? Why, why is it, why is it being boosted that way? Well, the vast majority of the money that goes into the stock market comes from people's 401ks. Yeah. Okay. And those are managed by companies, not by individuals. Yeah. 
So they're always shifting money into the area for growth. So if all the money and you have your portfolio manager that doesn't want you to fire him tomorrow because your portfolio is down 30%, he's shifting all of your money over into the things that are growing. All right. Well, the things that are growing are those seven stocks. Yeah. So everything else falls off and those continue to grow. They can't do it forever. Yeah. There's always a little bit of correction that occurs. Yep. But that's where the growth is coming from there. Here's a quick off topic. Well, kind of on topic, but kind of going off the rails a little bit. What are your thoughts about? You, you're a big thinker and a broad thinker. What are your thoughts about? Okay, we're very chip reliant right now yeah. as a as a world. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on Taiwan and situation where it's like, all right, is that going to be okay? Or are we going to be able to produce enough chips here in the United States in order to be able to stay competitive? Because I feel like right now it's like whoever gets Taiwan is, is, is going to run the world. <laughs> well, so so I think we talked about this a little bit the last time. Not not this topic, but but my philosophy on paying attention to those things <laughs> is that there was a period of time where I was elbow deep into what I call politics porn. Yeah. Okay. And that's what that is, yeah. is what's happening in China, what's happening in Russia, what's happening with our relations with them, who's controlling Taiwan, you know, who are we about to go to war with? And I still... I mean, I still see it on the peripheral and I know like, you know, yeah. we're about to start bombing a bunch of countries. Well, we've already bombed a bunch of countries in over in the Middle East with yeah. Iran being one of the main ones um, all over uh, what happened in Israel and Gaza. And yet somehow just like 9-11 led us into having a war with Saudi Arabia or with uh, Iraq, which, you know, didn't really have anything to do with what happened or a little bit, but not a lot. Same thing, you know, you have Israel and Gaza and Palestine having their that issue there. And then we're over there bombing Iran because they're tied to it. I mean, there's, I don't look, I don't know enough about it to yeah. speak intelligently on it. So let's be yeah. very clear. But so I'm sure there's somebody else like, that's wrong. This is how it is. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is when it comes to the Taiwan and the chip manufacturing situation, I don't know, honestly. I don't yeah. know because does that scare you a little bit? Um it it does well, and it doesn't. We we have the biggest guns. Real quick. That's what I'll tell you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like we that's it. Real quick summary for you know those who are listening or those who will listen that don't have an idea what the heck we're talking about. So Taiwan is probably the best and biggest manufacturer of chips. They have a whole their whole country is an equal yes. ecosystem. That's right for chip making. Right, right. So we are very dominant with all of our new technology, our iPhones, our Octavisions, our all everything that we do. Computers, which is why you couldn't buy a car during right. the pandemic Your because cars, yes, everything, everything was shut down. Everything is chip necessary or chip reliant yes and so taiwan being the main manufacturer of this these chips that we need and the u.s kind of lagging behind taiwan from the from what i was from what i've read from what i listened to and from what i'm told from birth they start molding you to make, make these chips. chips yeah your whole life is centered around you're going to make these chips yeah and so from also what i've heard china is looking and very aggressive about wanting to control taiwan and these chips because the world is dominant on these chips so if yeah. they get in, in control of these chips and we can't manufacture the chips at the same rate the same technology and everything then we will be very dominant on or very dependent. reliant dependent on what what china what says with, yes well so <laughs> they get control of taiwan so there's <laughs> it, there's two things happening there okay one is um we as a country are told by the corporate media as often as possible that China is the big bad wolf. Okay. Just like Russia is the big bad wolf. Okay. We're the big bad wolf. Mm -hmm. Okay. First off, let's be real clear. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so, but we're told that we need to worry about this stuff. All right. What you, if you don't watch this stuff every once in a while, China's e economic situation is in a very, very bad place. Yes. Okay. Their real estate market has fallen off 50% yeah. just in the last couple of months. Their stock market. Is they shut their stock market trash. off where you can't trade right now <laughs> because their stock market is falling through the floor. Okay. They are in a world of shit. All right. They've got problems. They've got so many, their, their, their populations on dramatic decline because of their one child policy that they had like everything is falling off a cliff for them they're not doing well right. now the good and bad of that is the, the good of that is is like that's not a big concern because they got bigger problems to worry about internally than going to try and get time on sure the bad part about that is is when people get desperate and things start going south they start doing stupid stuff mm -hmm. right so so 
again, I don't know, but what I will tell you is that that's the least of my worries because I can't control that shit at all. Like, <laughs> but you also have to be kind of tapped in a little bit. You got to know. You're like, all right, wait, hold on, what's going on? And then you see the government's like, all right, we're going to spend, I don't know how many billions in trying to have this company into well, this That's why NVIDIA's that, yeah. launched the way they have is yeah. because we invested in them. We need to make chips here so that we're not really. Which I'm on board with. Like, I'm good with it too. Let's I do just, it. Let's do it. That's I where things are. It's hilarious ahead. that we've got to this point where it's like, all right, so these guys have been making these chips for how long? Y'all didn't see this coming? <laughs> hey, man, it's like the pandemic, right? Everything shuts down and all of a sudden we can't get medicine. And we're like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that we're trying to, we're relying on China to ship us all their, all of our pharmaceuticals because they make them over there because it's, you know, slave labor basically. And, and, and then we're like, oh, well, we didn't see that coming. Okay. And now I have to figure that out. <laughs> it's all a mess, man. It is. It is. All right. I got us off topic. And that goes back to controlling what you can control, right? Because that's one thing I, that's where I got off the politics porn is I used to be, oh man, I, I would every night, oh dude, <laughs> you want to talk to me about what's happening? I would know I would be on and I got all kinds of opinions. And then I was like, what the hell can I do about it? Yeah. Nothing <laughs> like literally nothing. So that goes back to, you know, not being in a negative mindset all the time. Cause if you watch that shit every day, you're going to be in a bad spot. You're locked in. Yes. Man. You're going to be bad. <laughs> um, excuse me, but back to rates. Yeah. So <clears throat> interest rates right now are like the average rates about seven percent yeah okay that's where it is on average um th that's where they're sitting currently um where are they going to go well there was a big sentiment in the market because back in into fourth quarter the fed came out when they had their last meeting of the year and they told everybody they were going to start cutting rates this yeah. year okay they told them that why did they tell us that because they never said that they don't they they never said that they were up until when the inflation was there. They said they were going to raise rates, but even as they were continually raising rates, they would never say the previous meeting that next meeting we're definitely raising rates, yeah. or next meeting we're definitely pausing, or next meeting we're definitely cutting rates. Never, never said that. Now all of a sudden they're going, yeah, we're going to cut rates next year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good, but what? Like, I thought the economy was like killing it. Yeah. Thought we were booming. Yeah. Why would you cut rates if the economy's doing great, right? Or do they know something that we don't know? <laughs> Or that they're not telling us, right? Probably a little bit of both. Yes, um, it's a it's a it's a it's a combination of incompetence and and, and deception. But um, so the expectation was at the start of this year that we would see rates get down. That they thought the Fed said they were going to cut rates three times. That's yeah. what they said. But the market gets excited when they say they're going to cut rates. And if, there's a thing called the uh uh cme watch tools the fed um it's a it's like it's basically like picking odds on what the fed's gonna do all right and it plans it out for the year and tells you how many cuts well at that time the market thought that the rate they said the rate the rate was gonna get cut six times this yeah, year yeah I six times here in six right and and it was gonna happen at the uh the first cut was gonna happen in march 90 percent chance that it was gonna happen in march and maybe even happened in the last meeting, which was in February. Yeah. Or, or uh, yeah, the first part of February. So um, that's what the market expectation was. All right. Well, then we get a, a jobs report that looks like everybody in the planet's got a great job and everything's humming along. The uh, GDP was up like three and a half or 6%, which is like, again, economy is just killing it. Right. Um, and so everybody's going, well, wait a minute. If the economy's doing so great, Fed's not going to cut rates. So they come in in February and they say, we're not cutting rates in March. They basically told them, yep. they didn't quite say that, but they basically did. Or, or no, they said that it's we're still evaluating and it's not the time. And then the expectation of the rate cut went from 90% in March to like 30. Now it's at 30. And, and odds change. Yes. <laughs> and anybody that pays attention to it, the likelihood that they're going to cut rates in, in March is very slim. Like yeah. it's just not going to happen. Yeah. The, the most likely scenario right now is May and June, somewhere in there. Okay. But again, the market's doing awesome and our economy's doing great. Why are we cutting rates? Because you cut rates in times of recession. Well, let's look at the jobs report, right? Jobs report, they came out and said that we added 400,000 jobs to the economy, like 385. Yeah. But it was like 100,000 more than the expectation. So, you know, it's like, I think I've told you before, it's like that commercial from Career Builder with all the chimpanzees in the office and they're all like high five yeah. and celebrating <laughs> and having a great time because the chart shows like, going up and the one human in the room comes over and flips the chart. It's yeah. like, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's going down and they're like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> so it's bullshit is basically what I'm you saying. Need to put that commercial in the comments. Oh, God, I love it. Over. It's my favorite one. I bring it up I'll all YouTube the time. It. I talk about it too much. Um, but, uh, 
but so they do this thing in at this time of year for January where they call they make seasonal adjustments. Yeah. Okay. And what these seasonal adjustments are basically is they're saying that if at other times throughout the year, in order to balance out like birth death rates at this time, and um, it's very complicated, of course, you know, they, so they can't make it simple as to yeah. tell you why they do this. Nobody regular would be able to understand. No, it, no, so they don't. So Shit. they don't really go in because I, I looked like I was like, let me explain these seasonal adjustments yeah. to me. Like, I really want to understand what the hell they're talking about. And it's, it's, it's pretty tough. So, um, so they showed that, um, that, we added, like I said, three, 350,000 jobs or jobs to the market in January. Okay. Which is double the expectation, which was 180. All right. So, and they revised up previous jobs reports by 120,000 from previous year, from previous months. Okay. So this seasonal adjustment. So the raw figure on jobs that were like the actual number that jobs, we lost 2.63 million jobs. <laughs> we actually lost Two point. That was the actual number, okay. But they revised it up because of the seasonal adjustments to two point nine eight million added, which put us to the positive of three hundred fifty thousand. They graded us on a curve. Yes, graded you <laughs> on a curve on adding jobs. Okay. Good so, job to that one person that studied. Yes. So they actually took the average hourly earnings too, and they said that those went up. Okay, that our average earnings went up. What they didn't, you know, kind of parse out on that was that the average hours worked dropped, okay? <laughs> but the average per hour earned went up slightly. Hey, man, it's all about perspective. <laughs> so it's like people were changing jobs and getting, they went from making 12 bucks an hour to making 13 bucks an hour, but instead of working 40 hours a week, they're working 30. Mm -hmm. So their their income either stayed the same or or went down maybe a little bit, but their average hour per earning went up. Or maybe they just let go of a third of the staff and paid the guys who stayed a little bit more money. Well, and that's the thing is I saw something today. They were talking about continuing jobless claims. Like basically right now, if you lose your job, it is very hard to get another job. Yeah. Now you can go work at DoorDash. You can go work yeah. at Sonic. You can go work at all the service stuff. And by the way, if you want to get a job work for the government, you know who the, you want to know who the biggest employer for the job gains were? Who's that? The federal government. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Second was healthcare. Okay. <laughs> and third was services, services, hospitality, being like restaurants, fast food, service, all that kind of stuff. So in the biggest gain in jobs was not full-time jobs. Full-time jobs were lost. It yeah. was part-time jobs. For sure. So absolutely jobs are up, but people are working part-time. They're working two jobs. They're working, making less money. And if they get laid off from their good job, they can't get another one. Yeah. Well, the price of the groceries, economy, groceries gas, continues to go up. Else okay. Continues to go up. And the biggest sector that's getting hammered by job losses right now is the tech sector. Yeah. And why is that? We yeah. just talked about it. Yeah, man. Cause you ultimately for me, well, why, why, why are all those people losing their jobs? If you're a, if you're a software programmer, if you're a, any kind of, you got your four-year degree, you know, CPA, why are you losing your job right now? Man, I feel like because Number one, you know, you're costing the company a ton of money at your high income Correct. <laughs> position. And what's their alternative? <laughs> go somewhere else and go overseas. No, no, no. What is the company's alternative? Oh, yeah. Let you go. And what do they, or, how do they replace you? They get somebody, you know, farmed out or something like that or AI. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it. They have taken. So when AI first came out, everybody was worried about them taking trucker jobs yeah. and all these like blue collar. They have decimated the white collar like when you look at companies like Facebook, they've laid yeah. off thousands and thousands of people yeah. and have cut their costs dramatically, which is why their cost per share has gone up. It was like either nine or 19,000 people that Facebook had laid off. Oh, it, it's last year. It's more than that. Really? Yes. And it keeps growing Oof. every single day because they overhired during the pandemic because they had so much traffic to the sites because people were staying at home. Yeah. And so they brought in a bunch of people to help manage all this. And yeah. then now with the advent of AI and being able to, I mean, cause it's rapidly grown. Yeah. So now they're bringing in, uh, these, these chat bots and these different software, uh, uh, bots that can do most of what they need to do. And they're laying off all those people. It's crazy. It's crazy. So why is this important to real estate? Okay. Yeah. What does this have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with the fact that if you look at just the base numbers right now, it seems like the economy is just blowing and going. Okay. It looks amazing. But the underlying stuff is telling us that 
it's not as good as you think. That's a different okay? story. That's a different story. And and the reason why the Fed is telling us that they're going to start cutting rates this year is because regardless of what they say about a soft landing, they feel like that the market is going to take a shift and going to take a turn. Whether it be if you look at commercial real estate right now, which is really sucking wind, yeah. right? Because people cannot get those reset on those loans that they had before yeah. and they're not paying them and small banks are going to be struggling on that very, very quickly. So you're going to see an, an influx of that. You do have a large segment of the population that's getting laid off from their employment. So this sounds like bad. You're like, oh, Mike, you're, you told us earlier not to get into the bad stuff. Doom and gloom. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> but why is this good? Well, this is good because this is good for interest rates. Okay. Because when the economy starts to suffer, the way that the Fed adjusts and, and tries to get it back on the uptick is they lower rates because if they put money into the economy and drive commerce, then that will improve things. That's the idea, right? Yeah. If it becomes cheaper to borrow money, more people will do stuff. Not to mention the federal government can't keep paying uh, 6% rates on their yeah. money because we're at, you know, something like 20 trillion in debt. So yeah. that's a whole other thing. Luckily, the debt majority of it is on fixed rate as yes. opposed to. But they're short. But they're short-term fixed rates. That's true. So they they turn over the T bills turn over every five, seven, ten years yeah. whenever you issue them. So then, in order to get more debt bought, which is why we're actually bringing our debt load down because they don't have a market to buy those. Yeah. But um, so as rates start to come down, all the people right now that you've like we talked about in the beginning that you were talking to that were saying, "I'm waiting to see where rates are going to go," or the builders, you know, giving me a better buy down rate or whatever the case may be. As you start to see that tick down, which we've already seen because yeah. your business has picked up, my business has picked up, yep. everybody, if you're watching this and you're a realtor in the market, your business has started to grow, yep. right? Well, as that happens, more people get into the market, right? And last year was our worst year in real estate that we've had in 30 years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And did home prices go down? Nope. Nope. They went up. Sure didn't. And in this area, they went up like 6%. Yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, if we had our worst time in the history of the country in real estate, right? Yeah. When rates were at 8% for a good chunk of the time. All right. And now we're moving into an environment where rates are starting to come down and we still don't have enough inventory because we don't. Then what is that going to do to home prices? Yeah, man, it's going to shoot them up some more. I mean, ultimately people are going to jump back in and they're going to be confident because they're solely looking on the rate. Whether you ignore the economy or what's going on, they're going to look at that rate and say, rates are down, it's time to buy. Yes. Well, because it's not down for everybody, mm -hmm. by the way, and, and, and good or bad or whatever, this is just the truth. When the economy takes a dip and goes south, it affects more people on the lower end of the economic scale it does. than it does on the higher end. Okay. Yes. And again, good, bad, or otherwise, right now, most homeowners, the people that can buy a home because home prices are insanely high, mm -hmm. are economically secure in most cases. Which is why you see... Most well, one of the reasons why you see most of the home builders building a media, building closer to the median, yeah. you know, price point as opposed to the lowest price point. You know, you're going to have half a million be kind of your starters for most of these neighborhoods close to it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's that's people who have the equity, who have the money, they're more stable, and the ones that are able to afford to buy these homes, and that's where they can get the most bang for their buck on the profit. Yeah. Yeah. And the builders are offering tons of incentives, which by the way, just, just, you know, and I'm look, I, this is a jealous girlfriend kind of a thing because builders, um, beat us often because of all the stuff that they're throwing money. Look, when, when people are throwing cash at you, it's like, it's like, what is that a decent proposal with Demi Moore? She's rolling around on the bed with all the cash. Like, that's why I feel like borrowers that show up to builders. That's what it is. Like they have a bed and they're just pouring cash on it. Like you like this, right? You like this. You. But here's where, I, and you could tell me if I'm wrong on this. This is how I feel about it. You get, do what you got to do to get into a house, number one. Yep. Okay, whatever you got to do. Mm -hmm. Number two, though, when it comes to builders, you're not getting that money for free. Okay, there's always a cost. And builders build comps on houses that they sell in their neighborhoods. Okay, so when they get a couple of homes sold and establish a comp level, then other homes can get priced out. But if you were going to buy that same house in a different neighborhood with the same footprint and everything else, you're probably paying 20% more for that house than you are otherwise. Yeah. Which is fine. If the plan is that you're going to be there for a while. Right. Okay. But I'm telling you right now, if you buy a new build today or yesterday or a month ago, and then something happens, you get a job change, you have something go down and then you have to sell that property within two, within a year or two, you're gonna have a really, really hard time getting money back. Yeah. On that deal. Yeah. 
and I tell people, man, it's like you got to really assess your situation. You can't just go in here blind because it's it looks good, it's nice, it's new, and it feels good. Yeah. You got to assess your situation. What's a long-term goal for anybody who does do I we do try to help with new construction. We try to make sure that they understand, you know, these are the risks also yes. with new construction. So if you're going to take this on, make sure you plan on being here. I'm telling folks, you guys stay here at least three to five years. Yes. Don't do. call me before then. If you do, just know that there's a chance that you might not get your money back. Yeah. You know, so. Because those incentives are built into the price in many ways. Right. You know? That's right. And even the rate buy downs. That's another thing I always warn people to watch on that is because there are two types of buy downs. And I've done videos on these plenty of times. There's permanent buy downs and temporary buy downs. We'll put those in the comments also. Yes. So <laughs> if you go to a builder and they're offering 4.99% when everybody else is at seven, <laughs> that's probably a temporary buy down. Most likely. Now, if they're offering six, sometimes they'll pay enough to get that to, to where it's a permanent. But ask the question because, unfortunately, a lot of, which is why it's important when you go to a builder to go with a realtor, number one. Absolutely. Is is when you go to visit a builder, you need to go with your realtor because there are questions that they're going to ask that you're not going to think of asking because you're going to walk in. And this is human nature. You're going to walk in the builder. You're going to see the house. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I love that. I love that. I love this, especially when you go into the spec homes because they got it designed and looking yep sharp right yep. love this house it's great they, sh they give you the price which you're not really thinking about i want to know my payment what's yep. my payment right yep. well the insurance is low because you got a brand new roof so your insurance can be a little bit less if the builder's good they'll at least tell you hey here's the payment with the taxes and what they're going to be <laughs> in a year or two not what they are now not the what they are now because if they tell you what the price on the taxes are right now you're gonna be like oh my gosh this is unbelievable i can afford that i can easily afford that <laughs> And then you call Mike uh, after a year of owning the house when you have it built. You're like, why do my taxes go up $700? Because of unimproved taxes. Um, so watch out for that. And then um, and then they give you the rate at 4.99 and say that your payment is this. And, and again, this is human nature. You heard everything that you wanted to hear. You saw the best house. Yeah, the price sounded a lot. But when you saw the payment, you're like, oh, I can easily do that. Yeah. Right? What you don't think about or realize or contemplate is that your taxes are going to go up insurance is going to go up if you got a temporary buy down your rate is going to go up right and all of those things are going to come into play so again take a realtor with you to help you navigate this stuff get if it makes sense and the deal makes sense go for it because you can get save you a lot of cash because they're giving you 10 or 15 grand and they say Absolutely. we're going to give you a fridge like does it <laughs> okay or, or was it they're gonna give you a dishwasher like that I thought the house usually comes. And, and, you know, you're talking to a builder too. So, yes. so like I am a builder. So I understand the, the price points, the profit margins, the markups. Yeah. I understand all of this. And I try to tell folks, it's like, man, you got to go in there with your agent because not even just we, before you even get to the rate and the payment and all this, talk about the price of the house. Yes. You know, and all the things that they're going to throw at you. Hey, you can take, X amount of dollars, or we'll just give you this flooring, which is this much. We'll yep. give you this, which is this much. We'll give you this is 10 grand, five grand here. And I'm going in telling folks, don't get that. No, take the cash. Take that cash. Yeah, that's 2,500 bucks. Dollar I can do that for, for a dollar benefit. Yeah. yeah, they're probably going to give you that in that amount, but they're going to charge you two and a half times more yeah. to put that same flooring down that somebody else could come into after the fact. So, yes. I mean, picking a lot, you know exterior you know on the end cul-de-sac corner lot bigger lot tree lot backs up to a creek and then you're paying a lot premium for it which is 10 15 20 grand on which top they of don't price. tell you that 20 lot premium is literally just money that you're paying extra to be there right that's it there's no value other than that yes and who determines that the builder yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's it worth to me? What do I think it's worth? I will charge you 20 something for this. We'll charge you 50 for this. You know, that's just extra money on top. Like, why am I taking that when I know that? Okay. Well, if this isn't my forever home, maybe I can take an interior lot with little to no in, uh, lot premium. So I don't have to pay just extra money out of my pocket on yeah. top of the price and have that property appraised. And now I need the rate buy down in order to make sure that the sucker is going to qualify the first year to get me through my clothes. Like it doesn't make any sense. You're yeah. stretching too hard for that stuff. Like just get what's given and then turn around and take the money. Well, and by the way, since you said forever home, if you're under the age of 50, 
is probably not going to be your forever home. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just so you know, right. Mm-hmm. If you're under the age of 50, the likelihood that that's actually going to be your forever home is slim to none. Yeah. All right. Because especially if you have kids or you have, you know, ha- don't have kids, especially yeah. like life changes a lot. These days, job transfers, you know, different situations. Hey, people just don't want to own sometimes and they just want to get out and take some cash and just sit tight and see what's going on. Like there's different reasons to have to be like, hey, I'm not in a family situation, so I'm not going to move. No, your job could be shipped out. Yeah. You know, you could be working from home or get a different offer where you could work from home and you're like, all right, I don't really want to be here all the time. Yeah. Maybe I should get something smaller. Well, and at the end of the day, this all goes back to, and you know, I knew we'd go off on a bunch of different tangents because I had a bunch of stuff on here too. But this all goes back to when we talk about, you know, <laughs> very back to the beginning of the buy the house, state the rate crap. Look, which we'll put those videos. In the yes, we'll put awesome. those there too. <laughs> I'll find some. <laughs> but buying real estate, and I, I, I hate, I hate, I never use superlatives or or absolutes and say it's always or you know. But man, it's really tough not to. It's hard when not you to talk about money. real estate. It's really hard not to say it's always a good investment mm-hmm. if given enough time, right? Yeah, given enough time, it's buy it's, real estate and wait. Yeah, and to wait. say that and wait part. and wait. <laughs> well, because I mean, like you said, the house I have fifty percent equity in my house that I bought in in two thousand and when was that? We've been there seven. So it's like twenty seventeen, I think, is when yeah. we bought it. Twenty sixteen. <laughs> I have over 50% equity in my house yeah. tomorrow if I want to sell it. Yeah. And and you could say, well, that was the greatest time in the history of the world in real estate, blah, blah, blah. It's true. That's absolutely true. Is that guaranteed to happen again? No, certainly not. But you go back far enough and we have plenty of periods of time yeah. where those things happen. Where you had surges that shot people's ec- uh, appreciation. Yes, up. absolutely. And even still, even the times where you didn't get 20% equity or 20% appreciation, you're getting three, mm-hmm. you're getting five. You're getting a tax deduction. You're getting your your the expense, which is the biggest expense for you living or for in your life is living in your residence, whatever that is. That is something that is at least yeah. You're paying a lot of interest, okay, for sure. All right, it's a thirty year loan. There's a lot of interest in that thing. All right, there's ways to mitigate that too, but at least you're not paying someone else's mortgage. Exactly. Okay, because when you're renting, you are paying someone else's mortgage. Everybody that rents from no 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 hate on you, Conrad, hey. but everybody that's renting for Conrad. <laughs> Is paying is Conrad's it. mortgages. It is. Yes. It is. And and that's why it's like, all right, well, over time, this is going to be solid for me. Like, to me, rental real estate, when I'm looking at it, that's magic to me. Okay, I can have somebody. I can purchase the house, never live in it, have somebody pay the mortgage off, and at the same time, the value is going up. To me, it's magic. It has no expense to you. It's a massive <laughs> tax deduction. And in 10 or 20 years or 30 years, whenever you decide to hang it up. Yeah. You could sell that thing or you could sell it when you get it paid off and get more cash and go buy more real estate. I mean, there's there's just so many things that you can do with it <coughs> that for the for the for the person with money that doesn't want to invest in stocks, they, they just want to have it be basic. I want to have my 401k. You know, I don't want to play around in crypto or or buy and sell tra- NFTs, day trading. You yeah. want to spend 20000 for an NFT. You're doing all that <laughs> crap. Like you don't want to mess with it. I get it. Right. Buy homes. <laughs> That's the best place to put your money. That's right. And the rates are going to change. They're going to go up. They're going to go down. You can't predict it. Right. You don't know where it's going to head. Now, you have to make a decision. You can't put yourself in an unaffordable you know, situation where right. you're buying a house that you just can't afford. Right. Don't do something stupid. No. Right? But if you're stretching a little bit, I mean, when you bought your first house, could you afford it maybe based on what you knew? Barely. Same thing. Barely. Barely. <laughs> right. I can make it work, but it's like, man, how am I going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I bought my second house, I was like, damn, how am I going to do this? Yep. Right. Yep. And then you get to third and fourth. You're like, okay, well, every single time I've always been like, damn, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying because there was a whole thing back in what was it? Oh, eight where they were like, oh, you'll figure it out. You know, you, you'll make more money one day. It'll be fine. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you have to stretch a little bit beyond where your comfort zone is. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when you're in real estate, man, real estate will. Real estate will give you some jewels to take over the long term. Just the main thing that most people forget is time. Time is one of the most important parts of that equation. If you can wait in that time when you're buying this real estate, it will pay you back. Yeah. And some. And the point of this entire conversation that Conrad had, Conrad and I had today was simply to say to you that if you are out there selling homes, if you're helping buyers and sellers, you're a real estate agent and you're out there doing the doing the Lord's work every day, okay? <laughs> then preaching the gospel. Yes. Then you need to understand this stuff, okay? Because 
all of the agents, the the 60,000 agents or 100,000 agents that yeah. left the business last year, yeah. okay? They don't understand these things. They don't understand why the rates go down. They don't understand what impact that has on the pricing. They don't understand that although there can be short time horizons where real estate values decline, you only take a loss when you sell. So if you're having to sell when the market's down, yeah, you're going to be in a bad spot. Absolutely. But if not, you can wait it out. You can persevere. You're still going to make it's going to make up in the long term. And just look, you know, a lot of people are we're creatures of habit, right? Sure. So we we go home the same way, we do everything the same, we kick it around the same people, we go to the same places, we did the same restaurants, right? But when you're out in your day, just out on the roads, look around. Yeah. You notice there's dirt moving. Yeah. There's big con uh, construction trucks and concrete being poured and what are they building? Property, building buildings, building assets. Yep. Somebody's spending millions of dollars to build your grocery stores or your restaurants, warehouses, your warehouses. Whatever. Okay, well, if if it costs millions upon millions to build those, why are they doing that? Yes. Because they believe that that sucker is going to be an asset long term. Yeah. Well, there was, this is, this is a great example. So, um, you know, drive nation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So drive nation is a, uh, started by Jermaine O'Neal mm -hmm. who used to play NBA and for the Indiana Pacers, he started drive nation, which is they do volleyball, volleyball and basketball. Okay. I know it cause I'm there for volleyball all the time and I'm sure you're yeah, there for basketball. for basketball. So how much do you think that facility costs? Um, to build? man, I want to say 7 million. Okay. I think I looked it up. Okay. Back in the seven, day. Seven. Uh, that was, I, maybe that was projected. Okay when they um, were doing the development. So let's say it was seven to 10 million, Yeah, right? It's probably, the building right now is probably worth 20. Did you say? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Jermaine O'Neal, not him, but him and his group go in. They build a seven to $10 million facility over on this property by the airport. It's massive. It's awesome. It's nice. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. What did they not own? The, the dirt. The dirt. <laughs> they did not own the dirt. They had a lease. Mm -hmm. They had a 30-year lease on that dirt. And then last year, the airport, which is its own little city, mm -hmm. what'd they do? Man, I didn't hear about that. They came in and said, we're canceling your... Yes. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> Today, this year's the last year for Drive Nation. Ooh. 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 That hurts. Such a popular place. Yes. <laughs> Now, now uh, this is my most latest news. So if I'm wrong and that's changed, please let me know. But put that in the comments also. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. So they did not own the dirt. Own the dirt. That's a, if I have to leave you with anything on this. <laughs> don't build a $7 million. Yes. And not own the dirt below. <laughs> don't rent the dirt. Own the dirt. Don't build a business if you don't own the land. Don't oh. open a company if you don't own the land. Like, oh. And there's a reason behind that. So to say that putting your money into real estate is a bad investment under any circumstances to me is completely ignorant. Oh, man. That hurts. Now I got to go look that up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's brutal. So, um, all right. Well, <clears throat> we're an hour. We could talk for seven hours. This sure. could go on forever. And, and eventually people are going to get sick. I wonder to if that's why our second graders aren't playing the Drive Nation this weekend. They were supposed to. <laughs> well, I mean, we just played there a couple of weekends ago. So um, so it's still functioning or whatever. But from what I understand, this is it. This is the last year. <clears throat> so all that to say. Buy real estate, as Mark Twain said, because they're not making any more of it. And wait. And wait. <laughs> and and tell your clients this. Help them understand. Don't tell them to date the rate. Just explain to them how interest rates work and what they do and how real estate works. And the bottom line of real estate is that it always goes up. I'm going to find like 15 of those date the rate. Um, <laughs> date the rate videos and yes. post them in the comments. Yes. Right after each yes. other. Yes. <laughs> Don't buy the home. If you was out there doing those, I'm, I'm going to find you. <laughs> And I'm going to put it in the comments. I think I even said when they were coming out, I made a video a while back where I was like, look, I, I, I hate this statement because I just hate cliched statements that they drive me crazy. It wasn't even at the time. It wasn't necessarily that I disagreed with the sentiment of it. It was just like, I just hate you. We're going to find you. It's like, it's like, I don't like, and, and no offense anybody says this, but I don't like living the dream. When I ask somebody like, what are you doing? Living the dream. Okay. Everybody says that. All right. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, if that's you. You've been warned. That's it. That's don't it. say that around. Life. Don't tell me you've been living the dream. <laughs>
We're all living the dream, man. We're all living the dream. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Sorry that uh, we rambled on talking about Mavericks and all kinds of other weird stuff today it's and the economy and doing. China and chips and rates <laughs> and my voice. I was coughing on every five minutes, but hopefully it was entertaining because that's ultimately the goal. So there you go. We'll be back to our regular scheduled program next weekend. Um, I've got a market update on Tuesday. We're all actually, did you listen to my last one? I told my first home loan story. I right. did. Okay. I did. So if you well, haven't heard, I listened to part of it. Okay. So if you it. haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. A little twist at the end. Um, so uh, check that out. Um, I'll have an actual market update next week where we talk about some stories. I've got a bunch of big things with um, um, more, uh, I, or, uh, more uh, investment. I can't use words right now. Um, more institutional. <laughs> sorry. Stuck on that date, the rally slogan. More, <laughs> more institutional buyers coming into the market. I got some more stats on housing that I'll go through. And then on uh, Thursday next week, I'll do another live with a home inspector, um, Nathan Ross. He's with Site Guard Inspection. Um, he's going to be talking about um, what to look for for home inspections, what you need to pay attention to, how to talk to your buyers about them. I'll be chimed in on that one. And then also, because um, we touched on this today, why it's so important to get inspections for new builds. So um, all that is will be important. So tune in for that. And otherwise, I will see you guys on the flip side. So everybody have a great week. Adios. Thanks, Conrad, as always, buddy. Of course. You'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs>